0: Cool and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors Podcast. We're back. It's still November. It was November last week, and uh, we got some stuff to talk about as usual today. And uh, as always, I'm Illegal Eighty Six, and I am joined by the lovely Nerd Bomber.
1: Happy winter, everybody! Winter's here. There's a lot of snow across the United States. That's hitting for the first time in a lot of different cities and i am here for it it is a good time for it to come because disney plus launched today which we will talk about i'm getting ahead of myself sorry
0: so you so you're you're on board with you're generally on board with snow you're like you're like bring it on
1: i usually hate it but it gives me a really good chance to like stay inside play some games watch some television do absolutely nothing and not feel guilty about it because you know when it's like super nice out and i don't know if you guys have this problem but when it's super nice out i just feel so guilty if i'm just inside the house
2: she full-on hibernates. Uh,
0: that's Tactic that you're hearing, by the way. Hi. Welcome to Tactic. Um, we, we, we flipped this year, because usually I am the one who's, like, super jazzed about snow coming, but this year, something changed. I think what changed is that I, I got a dog, but I'm, like, because when you get a dog and you take him out in the snow, the, the prep time and the de-prep time goes up a little bit, um, but also, I'm just, like, it's it got really, really cold where I am, and I just... I'm just like, man, like, just, can we just wait until like Thanksgiving or something? So for those know. of you who Not have really
2: dogs, that. if you're picturing the standard shivering while saying to the dog repeatedly, come on, just go, just go, just go. It's accurate. That's what it's illegal accurate. is talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I uh, see, I actually, the key to it is there's a couple of keys and I'll, I'll walk you through it because we have the time for this. We just started. Uh, first of all, uh, poop bag management is something that's critical. And I know uh, you two don't have to worry about this because you have fenced-in yard. But uh, when I I walk my dog, I actually walk him around the block, and if he poops, you're not going to believe this. You have to pick it up. That's just like being a good part of society. And there is nothing so frustrating as trying to get a poop bag open in freezing like sub-zero weather have you guys ever experienced this because it's the worst thing so i poop have bags are like sealed together they don't perforate right so they don't open and you're wearing gloves so you can't do it right you gotta take the gloves off your hands are exposed to the elements it's, it's the
2: worst i have grippies on my gloves and i do experience poop bags because i he won't poop unless i'm walking him
0: that is a, a weird syndrome but okay see so you, you do know what i'm talking about it's horrible and I wasn't, I guess I wasn't just, I wasn't mentally prepared for it. So if, if, uh, if you're out there and it's, it's snowing where you are, if it's cold where you are, uh, and if you have a dog, especially, you know what I'm talking about, but we're not going to talk about winter the whole time today. Uh, we got a a bunch of things to talk about. We're going to talk about James Dean. Remember him? Uh, I mean, he was like before our time, but like maybe there's some, some people out there who actually have watched his movies when they came out. I don't know uh he's coming back um apparently we're going to talk about this new sonic trailer which we talked about sonic a while back when the first trailer dropped and obviously that was a bit of a disaster uh we're going to talk about pixar's latest trailer for soul and uh we might also touch on uh disney plus given that the launch day was in fact today the day that we're recording this so um a lot of stuff to talk about and uh we can dive right in and talk about james dean so You guys all know know James Dean. Uh, He only died 65 years ago. Famously uh, died after making only three movies. Uh, And I believe for all three of his movies, he was nominated for Best Actor and for BAFTA Awards. Yeah, I have it right here in front of me. Uh, East of Eden, Rebel Without a Cause, and Giant. He was nominated for Best Actor for all of them. And then in 1955, he died in a car crash at the age of 24. Well, he has apparently, nonetheless, just been cast in a movie that I believe is slated to come out next year or yeah, slated for theatrical release on veterans day, 2020 The movie is called finding Jack and apparently a CGI created version of James Dean will play the secondary leading role in what is being described as a Vietnam era action drama. So uh, first things first, right off the top uh, thoughts on this from the two of you, As a practice, I mean, we've seen CGI before, uh, obviously Princess Leia in Rogue One. Um, There are other examples that are not quite coming to mind right now, but as a general practice, how how do you guys feel about it?
1: I feel this in particular is very creepy and a little bit skeevy. So typically in the past, when we've seen CGI actors, like you said, it's like the Princess Leia's, or I forgot what Paul Walker's character's name was in Fast and the Furious, but it's usually like bringing a character back to close out their story after the actor has died and they usually do it in a way where they don't like overly include the character but they give the character one last final goodbye pay tribute to the actor who passed and whatnot and usually they do it semi-tastefully this feels weird i i don't know brian
0: o'connor is the name of the brian o'connor is the name of uh a. Paul Walker.
1: Thank you. Uh, it, like, yeah, sorry. This whole thing, it just it feels really skeevy. I don't know. What do you guys think?
2: So, let's be honest. The way that they were able to do this is they had to purchase his rights from the family. Okay. To, to I don't well I don't know if they purchased his rights, but they they signed off with the family. I don't know if the family was like give us X amount of money. They acquired them. Um, okay. They acquired rights of a human being. So that, that, the family to, signed to up. To what yeah. Nürbauer said, that's the skeevy part. But the, the thing that, that troubles me with it is it's gimmicky. It feels to me that a majority of the people that are going to see this are going to see this because, wow, James Dean is in it, not because you it, know it's what? a quality movie. And and what does that say about the film industry as a whole that, that as opposed to finding, uh, you know, having a quality film, they resort to these gimmicky tricks to get their crowds and like there are I mean, so I, many
1: young actors out there who would love to get a shot in a movie and i'm sure they can't find some james dean lookalike because I, I believe the reason they said they did this is because they couldn't find someone who really looked the way that they wanted them to for the role right but i mean you can't tell me there's so many actor lookalikes and whatnot out there you can't tell me you can't find someone who looks similar to what you're looking for without having to do a cgi replica of someone who passed 65 years ago
0: yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, I, I don't know. I haven't seen any James Dean movies. I'm sure he's fantastic. Um, the family did sign off on this, so I, I agree. It's kind of skeevy, but, like, they got all the green lights they need. Um, I think it's going to work. I, th- I think the gimmick, I don't agree with the idea, to be clear, but I think the gimmick, like you said, Tactic, like, it's totally going to work. It's going to put asses in the seats because people are going to want to see, like, oh, man, well, how are they going to do this James Dean thing? Because, like... We we do forget Carrie Fisher in Rogue One. Like Carrie Fisher had not yet passed at that time, if I remember correctly. Um, it was just that they needed young Carrie Fisher for Princess Leia, so they used her. And like it, in that instance, I thought it was pretty cool. It was, but it, it was a small part, and it was kind of fan y and in keeping with that franchise. And this is more like okay, we're going to take this, and we're going to put it front and center. I think there's definitely going to be concerns about uncanny valley um i think we could easily see a a cgi james dean that like doesn't look quite like an actual actor so like i just i think find the next james dean should be your goal as a filmmaker um especially for such a big a big meaty part but See, I don't know know. if the
1: gimmick is going to work, though, because look at Gemini Man. So they had a whole CGI replica of Will Smith and they basically put them side by side in a movie. And that in itself should have been gimmicky enough to put people in seats. I mean, Will Smith alone usually is a big enough name to draw people into the movie theater. And somehow that did really bad. And I, I think at this point, too, technology is just not there for human emotions i think the uncanny valley factor like you mentioned is just a little bit too much for people i mean even in the gemini man trailer i remember thinking to myself that like the younger will smith while it was pretty impressive that they were able to do that something was just off about it and creeped me out and didn't quite look like will smith as i remember him being when he was young so i don't know i don't know if people will buy into this
2: it's a reasonable
0: counter example um I have a counter counter example so 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 I think for Gemini Man what they did was Will Smith played both parts and then they did the digital de-aging which I think is a little bit different as the, as processes go because Captain Marvel they de-aged Sam Jackson and I think that worked great but this isn't de-aging this is <laughs> full-on resurrection and I think that's a lot a lot more to uh kind of endeavor for so yeah I'm definitely I'm definitely nervous Technic you were, what were you gonna say?
2: I say what I said before. They're, they're resorting heavily on this and this alone to draw seats. And then after the release, the reviews, in my opinion, are probably going to get shot down, as Nerd Bomber said, with Gemini, man. And it's just going to give them that initial hard hit of, infl- uh, of cash in. And then it's just going to pitter out because they didn't focus much on a good plot line is what I, is what I see happening right now.
0: Well, and, and, and listen to this synopsis. Based on the actual existence and abandonment of over 10,000 canine units at the end of the Vietnam War, Finding Jack is a film of friendship and love under desperate circumstances that will grab your heart and won't let go. The dogs should be the stars of this movie. Like, based on that, why do you need James Dean? Just get a really good-looking dog, or a bunch of really good-looking dogs, and make it about the dogs.
1: Yeah, I mean, the actual movie premise itself sounds super interesting, but... I don't know. Like, it's going to be one of those things where I'm going to hem and haw whether I'm going to go see it simply because the CGI. And I'm telling you, dog movies sell. You guys always made fun of me in Fantasy Movie League when I would milk the dog movie every week for what it was worth. But even when it was like months after it released, dog movies always perform. People of animals. All they needed to do for this movie, I think, is play up the animal connection and they would have been totally fine. I don't really understand why they needed to do this whole CGI resurrection of james dean i don't know
0: and, and I, th- I think the source material it's based on a book i should also mention so like in theory the source material is strong enough where you don't need to resort to hey come see this movie because we're gonna bring james dean back from the dead like all you need is the power just, of the pooch yeah it, it's it, it's a lot i think the mo- i'm curious to see what the movie looks like because it also sounds like it's based on a great story but in as much as you you say the dog movies sell and they do um they also i don't go out of my way to watch them because they just pride themselves on like emotional manipulation and uh maybe that's why they're getting james dean back too they're like maybe they're like maybe folks miss james dean maybe maybe what it is is that they think they're going to draw like a vietnam war crowd and people who fought in vietnam or like were associated with vietnam remember who james dean was you know what i mean i don't know There's, I feel like there has to be more to this decision than just like, we couldn't find anyone better than James Dean, even though he's been dead for 65 years. It just seems like a very shallow excuse. Um, and it's it's actually, it's funny. Uh, so I'm, I'm reading a lot of this from an article on IndieWire and under related articles jimmy stewart bet davis and more could be next digital humans after cgi james dean and i don't want to go down the rabbit hole and read a whole lot about that but this could be setting a not great precedent i love jimmy stewart i certainly know who he is i've seen a bunch of his movies and like that upset me
2: holistically this this might pose a real problem in hollywood where one there's there's that whole aspect of resurrecting actors but the other side of it This movie is coming from source material. So is Hollywood in trouble where they can't come up with new original content that draws you in and and can stand alone on itself?
1: I mean, I would argue everything comes from source material. There's very few new movies. Like there's very far and few between. I don't know if I said that right. doesn't matter. Um, Movie concepts that are super original that aren't based on some book or some event that happened. That said, I think that if you are basing it off of something, you lean into the event or the thing that you're basing it off of. That's like the good marketing and the good storytelling. But I could be off base.
0: Well, and, and how long are we, you know, how far away are we from like, okay, you know, Steven Spielberg wants to make one more movie. And he's like, all right, I need to cast this movie. And uh, I want Marlon Brando. You know, like, like how far are we from this technology becoming so widespread that, like, you can just pick any actor from history? And, I'm like, excited
2: for them to start fusing actors.
0: Oh, my gosh. Uh, name name your, like, dream actor hybrid.
2: I can't think of a dream one, but the one that comes to mind is Marlon Cruz.
0: Tom Hanks and The Rock. Best Rock of, Hanks. Best of <laughs> Rock, Rock Hanks. Best of both worlds. He gives you Castaway. He gives you Baywatch.
2: Giant, giant dude yelling. I was running. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um. In that case, maybe that maybe the horizon is 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 bright. But um, I'm a little. I'm just kind of leery about like, because even if you see a movie with Marlon Brando in it, you're gonna be like, that's not really him. Like, if I was watching this movie, I'd be like, okay, it's cool that that's James Dean. But like it's not really James Dean. And like his family, according to this article again, uh, the family views this as his fourth movie, a movie he never got to make. It's like, for all we know, if he was still alive, he would read this synopsis and be like, I don't think so. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not him.
1: And maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just too much of like a a human purist. That sounds super weird. And the fact that this is the first time I have to think about it in this way is kind of weird. But like even when you look at video games and stuff and you have actors doing mocap for video game animation, you just you can't capture the human emotion like you can with an actual person. I don't care how well you animate something like, if you want to make it look lifelike and realistic, your best bet is to just get an actual human. I'm still kind of in the camp where I, I don't know how I feel about, like, the lifelike CGI. I think you either go full animated or full live action. I don't know. Maybe that's just me.
0: I mean, I, I, I think that there's such a huge extent in video games and in movies and everything that, like, actors, you know, they're cast for these parts and they make the parts their own, right? So, like, we just we don't know like for all we know james dean got a hold of the script for rebel without a cause and read through it and said okay i'll play this mostly to what is written but i'm also going to add my own flair to it and like we don't know what flair he would add to finding jack we don't know what he would do with the part he's given and change it and make it his own and maybe that's what made him so great so like i feel like it's kind of bastardizing the dramatic process and it's bastardizing. It's, it's, it's undervaluing the actor's input into uh, a great performance. So,
1: exactly. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw, there was a panel where they got the cast together of Zombieland 2 and they were talking about why they wanted to do a sequel to the movie. And um, one of the things that they said was that the cast worked really well together and that was one of the things that made the first movie so successful to begin with. And like you, you said, like those human actors taking the roles and really making it their own and and I don't know, just developing that character, doing the research, really playing up the emotions that they think that character would have. I just don't think you can get that with CGI.
0: It's it's a hard job that I don't think technological mimicry can really do justice. But anyways, we we should move on. Um, but what, a, what for all our listeners, let us know what you think of CGI James Dean. Uh, and also let us know what you think of Rock Hanks, because... Maybe I can, like, put something together in Photoshop or something. Other movie news. Uh, so, again, I don't remember exactly when this was. It had to be back six months ago or so. The first trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog dropped, and people were terrified. We talked about this at length on an episode about how just messed up the character model was. The eyes were too small. The teeth were too weird. A whole bunch of issues. And essentially, the studio, which I believe is Paramount, took the movie and said... T- took the feedback and said, okay, we are going to go fix it. And we're going to work some poor graphic designers to the bone. And the new trailer dropped today. And I mean, my first reaction is, wow, a lot better. The, I mean, the, 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 the CGI Sonic looks much more like what you would expect. It's a lot more pleasing to look at in general. And I think that this movie might get a much larger audience now.
1: So, Part of me thinks that that first trailer was some kind of elaborate marketing gimmick because it got so much attention for being so bad. And I mean, that was not that long ago. It was only a few months ago. And to see this quick turnaround on a new trailer that is so astonishingly better than the original is just blowing my mind. Sonic looks so much better.
0: Because this is a common internet theory that I've seen floating around. People think that the first trailer was intentionally bad. So if you have a, movie, a video game movie, there's when the first trailer comes out, there's going to be backlash pretty much no matter what, because video game fan bases are rabid. So they figured, okay, let's put out junk for the first one, go back and fix it. And then when it comes back, if it's at all better, people will be satisfied. That's essentially what you're saying, I think, as far as conspiracy theories go.
1: I mean, the just how bad the original was and how much better this one looks... It's something that's sticking in my mind a little bit. And I mean, even overall, the story pitch from this trailer it just seems so much better. Like this seems like a very entertaining movie. And animation aside, like everything that I'm seeing in this trailer versus the first one, like it's got the jokes that I saw kind of coming out of like Detective Pikachu. It's got that like campy fun attitude. And it looks like it might have an interesting story. It paid homage to the video games in the very beginning of the trailer even um jim carrey he looked a little bit better like he didn't seem as cartoony yeah he seemed a little bit more down to earth as dr robotnik i think i everything think he's that still saw... gonna go
0: full jim carrey in this one i think it could be good i think he could be the best part of the movie
1: oh yeah i, I mean um, don't get me wrong he's definitely going to be very big and large as a character um But overall, I think this movie is a lot more entertaining than I thought it would be based off the first trailer. It's actually really intriguing to me now. Like, I kind of really want to see it. I think it could be good just like Detective Pikachu was good. It's got that same sense of humor from this trailer that I wasn't really getting in the first one. Even, I have to say, my best moment in the trailer was, I think it was like two minutes and 40 seconds in. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but you guys should watch that trailer. And that was my favorite part of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're listening right now and you saw the first trailer and you were probably (laughs) upset in some way, you should pause right now and go watch this trailer because it is a huge, huge improvement. I was very surprised. I mean, I did think they were going to make an improvement, but the character model is just so, so, so much better. And another key thing that they did that I think was really important is they replaced the soundtrack with something that actually made sense. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. The Gangster's Paradise uh, from the first one took a lot of flack, reasonably so, I think. And I can't remember the song that was used in this one, but it was—it made just a lot more thematic sense. Uh, tactic? So anything to add here?
2: Yes. I don't think the, the theory of it was a gimmick to get them to get more views and get people hyped about it. I think it was more, and this is what I look forward to because we as a social media group like to see things like this happen. I think that they were set in the original animation and the people have spoken and they drove change. And this brings me to my next point, which is, do you think that we're moving towards an era where the people can drive these large, large corporations to making better decisions and giving the people exactly what they want ahead of the final release.
1: I would say absolutely. I mean, you see it all the time, not just with Sonic, but pretty much anything that's very consumer driven. You see brands just interacting with consumers on social media all the time. It's actually kind of funny. I feel like if you go to Starbucks and you get the wrong order and like you go up to the cashier and you're like, hey, man, I didn't get the right coffee you're not likely to get a good response. But then if you go on Twitter five seconds later and you tweet at Starbucks, you're going to get a credit for a free coffee like almost instantaneously. You see all of these big brands interacting with people and really valuing people's opinion on social media. And I think that's not going to go away. I think social media is just getting more influential as time goes on. I mean, especially when you have social media influencers now. I mean, someone posting a picture can drive your brand. So I think it's good to see... Companies like this paying attention to what fans want, assuming that it wasn't some big gimmick in the first place. I think that it's promising as an. I think it actually probably drove more people to be interested in this movie. A lot of the comments that I've been seeing on Twitter and social media are that people weren't necessarily interested in Sonic to begin with, but seeing the response from the company and just overhauling the entire animation and the character model based upon people's feedback has really got them intrigued and interested in supporting the movie, regardless of whether they even like Sonic.
0: So I'm going to disagree in a a couple of ways. Um, First of all, I remember, I still remember when Paramount or the director, I can't remember who it was, might've been both of them, uh, said, okay, we hear you, we're going to go back and fix it. And I was shocked. I mean, that sort of thing, I understand, you know, obviously social media has been a huge, uh, positive force in terms of companies interacting with, uh, consumers. But I mean, we're talking about a lot of money here, a lot of money that, that, um, that paramount probably put into okay we're going to go back we're going to make this and we're going to do it right and i just i don't know how often we should expect to see that uh not exactly the same thing but when the last season of game of thrones came out it was very 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 widely panned and we saw petitions popping up everywhere to okay go back and remake the last season get better writers and granted that was a little different because it was already out but like HBO was like, we don't, we don't care. (laughs) You know, we, we got your money kind of thing. Um, I also, uh, in another way of disagreeing, um, I'm not, I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with with what, what they did and the changes they made. I'm not super excited to see this movie. Maybe that's because I was, I wasn't a huge Sonic player when I was a kid. I wasn't a Sega kid. I was a Nintendo kid. And granted I did play some Sonic, but, um, I don't know. It still looks like it, it's, gonna be a fun family movie i guess but i wasn't super floored by a whole lot of what i saw i think it could do very well i think it's certainly poised now to do far better than it would have done had they not gone back and fix anything because the first one was just downright scary um
1: I think coming off the heels of Detective Pikachu, which found that delicate balance between appealing to adults who are fans of the Pokemon franchise and also appealing to like that family-friendly aspect in the kids, I think if they can follow that formula, then they'll have a winner. And just going back to, I guess, the companies changing things based on social media, I do agree. I think budgets and constraints like that will limit all about money yeah at the end of the day it's all about money and it does also pose a really scary question and I think we brought this up back when the original trailer dropped but just like if an artist has a specific intent for their movie or book or game or whatever that kind of opens the door for people to just bully them to try to change things so that they can get what they want that's a little scary for me but I think in this specific case, it worked out really well.
0: The the question is definitely, you know, to what extent do we trust people who are creating content and like um, see a trailer and say, okay, it doesn't look great, but I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I mean, in this case, it was a lot starker than that because it was this beloved character that was very clearly wrong. Um, But it's definitely, you know, it's something to think about. I, I think that the detective Pikachu comparison is certainly valid. And I think it's definitely the audience that the studio is shooting for. I'm not sure that the nostalgia base is as strong with Sonic as it is with Pokemon. In fact, I'm fairly certain it's not, but is it strong enough? Like Sonic and
1: Mario at the Olympics. I feel like people are very excited about that game. And even like team Sonic racing came out and I was one of the first people like I pre-ordered that bad boy. I played the heck out of it, beat the game there's something about sonic that really appeals to like that 80s and 90s era because there was that big console war between nintendo and sega and there's a whole sl- like slew of people who didn't get a nintendo for christmas and got a sega genesis instead
0: i mean all i know is that when i look you know i'm with people and i tell them i've never played pokemon red and i never played pokemon blue which is true by the way why people look at me people look at me like i have three heads if I look at them and say I've never played Sonic, I just don't think I get the same reaction.
2: I think in any case, uh, I look at you like you have three heads.
0: That's true. Tectic does often look at me like I have three heads. And you know what? Sometimes I do. Aren't there days where all of us have three heads? If you if you really think about it. Think about it. Anyways, Sonic... Let me quickly Google what the release date is uh, for this movie. And while uh, again, you're Googling if you haven't it, seen Paramount, the Paramount,
2: if you're still listening... Detective Pikachu gave free Pokemon cards at the release of the show. If you can give us free swag, I will be going.
0: Um, and you know, it's worth noting, I don't... I should also confirm that it's Paramount. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, it comes out Valentine's Day 2020, so a very romantic uh, movie for you to take take your girlfriend and take your, take your boyfriend and, and go
2: on out there and see it. It's a movie all about it, being fast, so take your girlfriend.
0: Um, it is paramount pictures it was previously uh, the rights were acquired by sony but then paramount acquired it in 2017 so uh yeah february 14th go check it out um let us know what you think of the new trailer on the social meets right now we are basically at the midpoint of the show so we're going to do what we usually do and take a quick ad break but first We want to give our shout out to our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Checkness. Uh, As you know, if you listen to this podcast uh, more than once, Ben is our Patreon producer. He supports us on Patreon at the highest of our three levels. Uh, He is a night level subscriber. And for that, he gets uh, our Patreon producer shout out. He gets input into our weekly game segment. And he also gets access to the monthly vlog and the monthly secret segment as well. There are also two lower levels of support. uh, The first being the Squire level, which gets you um, monthly secret segment and monthly vlog access. And the page level gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So uh, if you want to support us, um, we love doing this. We hope you guys enjoy listening. And if you do, we'd love to have your support. You can head on over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. And we would really appreciate that. So again, shout out to Ben, Shout out to all of our listeners and let's turn it over to some of our friends for a quick promo.
2: Hey, everybody, this is RJ, Ash, Ray, Brandon, Brandon, Harrison, and Bronson. We host a Dungeons and Dragons podcast called Realms and Nerds. Some highlights of our show include wreaking havoc in every town we visit, blowing up hot tubs, killing off fan favorite characters, high necromancers, inappropriate wedding etiquette, and every now and then, actually good storytelling. Join us in the realms of Pridea for fun fantasy adventures. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or just about wherever you get podcasts.
0: Okay, welcome back. Sticking on the movie track, we're talking a lot about movies today. Sometimes it just be like that, you know. Uh, I'm a big movie guy, so I'm a okay with it. Uh, Pixar is getting back in the game. And I say that as though they've been out of the game. They really haven't. But a new trailer just dropped, I think last week sometime, uh, for their 2020 movie called Soul. Now, I'm going to read you kind of the brief synopsis. This is Pete Docter, who I believe was responsible for Toy Story 4. He's a known Pixar magician. Joe Gardner, a middle school music teacher, has long dreamed of performing jazz music on stage and finally gets a chance after impressing other jazz musicians during an opening act at the Half Note Club. However, an accident... Causes Gardner's soul to be separated from his body and transported to the U Seminar, a center in which souls develop and gain passions before being transported to a newborn child. And Gardner must work with the souls in training, such as number 22, a soul with a dim view on life after being trapped for years at the U Seminar in order to return to Earth before it's too late. Now, I just read that for the first time. That is a lot, and I did not get a lot of that from the trailer. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. Um, The trailer was good. Uh, I'm very on board. Um, the
1: trailer did look, it looked really good. My fear. So I know you really liked, oh man, why can't inside I? Inside Out. Yes. Inside Out. Thank you. Um,
0: I love that movie.
1: I thought the movie was good, but it was very heavy and depressing in my opinion. Oh my
0: God. And that was, that's what makes it good. I guess. That's the whole point of the movie.
1: But you also have to remember that these movies, while they are entertaining for people our age, they're primarily intended for children. and I just feel what like it, tackling something like death and what happens to your soul and passion.
2: It's basically death and re- reincarnation that
1: just it seems so heavy. It seems like it's going to be a very depressing movie. It looks really, really really, really good and I really really want to see it. But oh my god, I'm I'm gonna have to bring the tissues. It's gonna be bad.
2: Was anyone else? I mean, tr- troubled by the fact that his glasses cross over but his facial hair does not.
1: I didn't even notice that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That I mean, I'm sure I probably will be troubled by it now, so thank you.
0: Uh I hadn't previously noticed that. Um I don't I can't let this inside out point go. Uh that's the whole point of the movie. Even for kids, the whole point of the movie is for kids they like use this movie in like child psychology classes, guys, to teach kids that like feeling sad is okay. That's like a huge part of it. And the movie makes you feel sad. And guess what? That's okay. Uh also in terms of like movies being about death. Like half of Pixar's movies are about death, especially Coco, oh, which was also quite was good. It was another one that was about death. Honestly, exactly. even going back
1: a lot of Disney movies, I'm thinking about like Lion King. That was super depressing. Oh, man. Bambi? I've been blindsided Story four, te- my entire three, life.
2: The teddy bear died.
0: Well, the teddy bear was... Spoiler alert. The teddy bear is a bad guy. But no, I, I mean, a, a lot of the... A lot of Pixar movies and, yeah, a lot of animated movies. We're kind of opening your eyes here in Nerd Bomber to the fact that a lot of your favorite childhood movies uh, dealt with very difficult themes. Um,
1: Maybe that's why movies make me sad sometimes. Oh, man. This is, like, mind-blowing. I always thought that I just liked Disney movies because they're happy and cheerful. But even, like, the Fox and the Hound. Oh, this is just, like, I'm going down this rabbit hole. The Fox and the Hound is, like, how you say goodbye to your best friend when you grow up because things happen. Oh, man. Wow
0: this is going to be the latest soul is poised to be the latest in a string of movies that Pixar especially deals very well with difficult concepts like this, um, both visually and, uh, as far as story goes. Um, and visually there are a lot of elements. It seems like that are similar to inside out. I mean, Joe Gardner drops into this manhole. That's the accident. He falls down a manhole, which man, how relatable is that? Um, and suddenly he's just like a ball of light essentially
2: with glasses
0: Um, with glasses uh i'm very much looking forward to the soundtrack of this movie i assume it's going to be very jazz forward given the plot uh trent reznor and atticus ross are providing the music which actually they did social network which was a totally different style of music but they are known players so um i'm a big score guy so i'm very excited for that um and in general i think this is going to be great i'm i'm less sold on Oh man, I can't think. The movie, the other Pixar movie that's coming out, I think later this year or, or early next year. Um, oh, the one and... with
1: uh, Tom Holland?
0: Yeah, I can't. I
1: think. can't think of the name Damn of that. It.
0: Um, That one I'm a little bit less sold on. It's Pixar. I mean, it's Pixar, so I'm sure it's still going to be unbelievable. But like, I, I I watched that and I was like, eh, this is like, I'm very on board. I think it's going to be very, um, very good. It's... you're going to laugh when I say that it seems more down to earth, but it does to me, um, focuses on real people. And, um, I think that's very important. I'm also excited.
1: The animation it's especially like new york city is such a vibrant city to capture and i feel like from the snippets that we saw in this trailer the animation was just stunning so amazing i know that a lot of it will happen after he's separated from his body but i feel like just in general we'll probably get a lot of flashbacks or at least some time in new york city and i can't wait because the animation style just
0: looked gorgeous jamie fox is the main voice of joe gardner tina fey quest love felicia rashad and david diggs um so again, a pretty strong voice cast. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm very excited for this. Uh, the movie comes out June 19th, 2020.
2: So one question, um, do you guys yeah, think that he's actually dead or do you think he's in a coma?
0: He's in a coma or something. I, 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 well, okay. So that's actually a really good question. And I think that could be a major plot point in the movie. I think there may be a long stretch of it where he, um, cause it's, it sounds like based on this synopsis, uh, he is working with souls in training um, that are supposed to be returned to earth to newborn children. And he's in this teacher role, right? I think eventually what's going to happen is he's going to realize that he's going to, he's going to go from teacher to student and he's going to have to like take some of the lessons that he's been teaching to potential new souls and like use them himself to go back to earth. Cause he's actually dead, even though he like, he won't think he's dead at the beginning, but he'll actually be dead. I think it's what's going to happen um my
1: prediction is that he's going to be harping on how he wants to be this jazz musician his entire life and he's not really recognizing and appreciating what he has as a music teacher and he's going to go through this whole soul class and he's going to realize that what he imparts upon his students is going to be more important than any like solo career he could have so then he's going to eventually come out of a coma or something and then go back to being a teacher because that's what he realizes he truly loves or something like that.
2: Nailed it. That's exactly what I think is the plot for this movie as well.
0: I mean, I It'll
1: think It'll be I'm interesting cry. to go back and see who called it.
0: Um, we'll have to, we'll have to check the tape. I'm going to cry that much. I can confirm. Let's create a um, poll
2: nerd bomber or illegal. Who is correct?
0: I like that. Let's put that on. Let's put that on the Twitter. Uh, Get people to, to, Hit us up on the on the tweet the Twitter sphere. Also worth noting, Tina Fey helped with the screenplay in this movie, uh, which I believe she also did for Mean Girls. Not that that not that this movie is going to relate to Mean Girls very much. I doubt it will. Just an interesting tidbit. Before we move on, I do want to ask you guys because I'm not sure if we've talked about this on the podcast before. What's your favorite Pixar movie? You guys said you just dressed up as as wall and Eve, but I don't know if that's your favorite or if you guys have different favorites or if they're oldies or newies. Any any thoughts? I'm where I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit.
1: This is one of those things. There's so many Pixar movies. I think I kind of default to Toy Story just because I grew up with Toy Story and even Toy Story 3 kind of separating four from everything. Mm. That, that original trilogy kind of bookended my growing up experience. That yep. said, I also really, really have a soft spot for Monsters, Inc., and I don't really know why, but I really, really, really always loved Monsters, Inc.,
0: the beauty of this question is that there is absolutely no wrong answer and in fact every answer is exactly right um toy story 3 is definitely up there for me my favorite is actually not inside out it's up up is my favorite that's what i was gonna say
2: because doug it's the
0: the the beginning like five minutes of up is like the greatest five minutes in any animated movie i've ever seen that's the saddest Um, part of the movie but it's but that's but that's the point. I, I, you guys need to learn how to watch sad movies. <laughs> like, I, it, any movie that makes you feel that strongly in either direction is like, oh man, it's so good. Um, I find it incredibly relatable
2: good. because he is shorter than his wife. And uh, yo, so.
0: is that you? Yes. Well, you're not married yet. Yet, huge, uh, huge, huge times coming for the Online Warriors podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm an up guy, so so tactic sounds like you're an up guy. Nerd Bomber, you're a you're a Toy Story slash monsters Inc. gal. Mm-hmm. And uh those are all great answers. Um I was just I was just curious. Uh
2: Mike Wazowski's wife is also taller. Are they married?
1: No, I didn't just, think they were married. I think they were just they're just boyfriend, dating, and
0: girlfriend. yeah. Or I'm not even sure if they're dating. I think it's just like one of those like will they won't they situations. <laughs> like a Ross and Rachel situation <laughs> or something. Anyways, check out the trailer for Soul, which is coming out next summer. Uh, Should be a big hit. Uh, We're going to move on to what are you up to Wednesday. But before we do, we just want to touch briefly on a news piece. So Disney Plus, again, we mentioned came out today. Uh, And it actually seems to be hitting some snags. Essentially, there have been a number of connectivity problems, a number of technical difficulties here on this first day. So, we have a bunch of people reporting on this. CNET, Hollywood Reporter. Uh, they're essentially saying that, yeah, people are getting a lot of connect- connectivity problems. Uh, Canada and Puerto Rico thought they were going to get access today, and now they're being told that it'll be a week, which, boy, that's not great. I don't know. I mean, maybe they didn't just realize the massive demand for this. Um, I think they should have.
1: I mean, the demand is kind of crazy, though. So every other streaming service or even movie that comes out or book or game or whatever, you always know that there's a large contingent of people who want to get it on day one. But across the board, I have never seen such a varied audience all simultaneously want to get into something on day one. Like just talking to people that I know, you've got middle aged people, grandparents, like young adults little kids, everybody wants Disney plus. There is so many things on this service and not to like tout this or like advertise it, but I think it really does have something for literally anybody. And at such a low price point, I think so many people just want to dig into it, want to relive their childhood or just watch some classics or something like that, or even get into the new series that I think so many people were really excited to get into this on day one that I don't think they anticipated.
0: The decoms guys. It's all about the decoms. Um, I just
1: want to watch Brink.
0: Brink, Smart House, uh, Gluck of the Irish. I mean, forget about it. The thirteenth um, year. I'm I'm sure next week. Uh, well, I shouldn't say I'm sure. I I have a feeling next week we might talk a little bit about our early Disney Plus experiences. Um, we are all going to be actually sharing an account, um, and we're going to be. You know, I'm I'm probably going to dive right into the Mandalorian. Uh, some decoms, probably watch at least one Marvel movie, you know, just really, really dive into Disney plus. So we'll be talking more about that next week, but um, hopefully in the meantime, they get some of their technical issues sorted out. Um, so yeah, let's, let's move on to our, what are you up to Wednesday section of the show and uh, I'm going to swing it over to Tectic to start us off today.
2: Okay. So as all of you know, nerd bomber and I play a lot of co-op video games together and occasionally, we're both not available. So what we do is we have a single player game on the side that one of us will play and then our co-op game. And we never, ever, ever try to start a, another co-op game in parallel. So smart. I have started playing Spider-Man finally. And I know it's a little late to the game, but my goodness, is this game phenomenal? The graphics so are awesome. The story is engaging. Just swinging around the city is absolutely everything i've wanted to do and is incredibly fulfilling
0: yeah it's amazing it's only gonna get better it's a super deep game it's gonna take a while for you to finish it but you're gonna be enjoying it the entire time at least i'm just
2: doing side quests and getting backpacks and i'm loving it
0: yeah i i took a lot of pictures see for me the backpacks were good but i ran out of those too quick and then i was just taking a bunch of pictures i was really big into the pictures um the side quests in that game are amazing. Uh, and also the main quest is amazing. It's just the whole game is just so well done. I'm so, so
2: happy for you.
1: So what suit are you rocking right now, Tactic?
2: Right now I'm rocking the first spider suit upgrade you get, the one with the white, but I've, I've taken abilities from other suits like the, the yellow armor suit that gives you um, uh-huh. bulletproof ability. Because let's be honest, being shot is very much very very annoying while you're trying to punch some other guy in the face. Um, but I know there's some other good suits to come. I'm just a very low level because, like I said, I haven't really given given the story an opportunity. I've been doing the side quest, which you get less XP doing that. But ultimately, I just like to explore and want to do that first.
0: I will. Say- you wind up
2: getting some good goodies too.
1: He has his full comic book cred because not even getting very far into the story, but he already called one of the major twists. And I'm not going to call it out for fear of spoilers, but he basically called one of the major plot twists. So
2: It's so obvious. They don't even try. I was,
0: I was going to say, I think I might have, I, I, if I know what twist you're talking about, we can talk after the show. But I think I saw it coming and I don't know anything, but I was just like, all right. Seems like what it's going to be. I think it might have also been spoiled by some of the promotional... Well, if you know
2: right the game. bad guy's real name, you inter- you meet him yeah. right off the bat. You're just like, oh, okay, he's the villain.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was a, I was an Iron Spider guy and until I got... Because you don't unlock the Iron Spider until late. But I think I was just like, I'm an MCU fanboy. So I think I was just like Stark suiting it the whole time. But... I
1: think when... Cause I played it a little bit later and they had the Tobey Maguire suit at some point. Oh,
0: I did use, yeah, I did use the Tobey Maguire suit as well. And it was, I
1: know amazing. for like all the DLC and, th- and stuff. Cause I played the DLC as it was coming out and I think the Tobey Maguire suit was available. So I think I was iron spider for a lot of it. And then I switched over to Tobey Maguire suit.
0: There's some of them. I mean, there's so many suits and they're so cool. Some of them are freaking amazing, especially the ones you unlock later on. Um,
2: so yeah, so yeah i'm super, only super excited 12. for you so give me some time to get more suits but yeah very very awesome game it plays well it's smooth there, there's not very many glitches or anything or actually there's no glitches and super excited to tell you guys more about it as i continue to lock more suits spider-man 2
0: is going to be a day one buy for me i pre- assuming that happens but it almost certainly will i feel like It'll that's going to be the pre-order. thing that
1: drives me to buy a console
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that could definitely be a PS5 situation for me if they if I don't think they're going to roll that out for the launch of PS5, but like maybe that next year they will and that that will probably result in me buying it. Um, It's an amazing game. Nerd Bomber, what do you have for us?
1: Uh, So while he was playing Spider-Man, I finally got a chance to delve into Astral Chain, which I bought when it came out. I actually pre-ordered it because I was super hyped about the game and then I just never got around to playing it. So I finally got, I would say, probably like three or four hours into the game. Um, It's very interesting. So I don't usually play JRPGs. I'll just put that out there. So it definitely leans very heavily into the Japanese influence, obviously, very like anime type animation and design. Um, that said, the entire game so far is just a graphical. It's just it makes I don't know. It's incredible. It's there's so many cool colors and stuff flying at you. It looks very techno futuristic. I really like the graphical design. The gameplay is very interesting. I feel like you have to divide your mind a little bit because not only are you controlling your main character, but then you also have your camera that you're controlling and you're basically using one stick and one set of triggers for one character while you're using one stick and one set of triggers for the other character so it's a lot of multitasking which is very unique to a lot of the games i I play a lot of like shooters or just regular like you control one person and you walk around so it's a very different type of game than i usually play and the soundtrack is a banger like the techno music is pretty good i was bopping
2: a lot of boots and pants so, Roots and wa- catch is what I thought it was. Whatever, watching uh, Nerd Bomber <laughs> play that, you can you can really see the mental struggle when you're playing that because your your one character is kind of like jumpy, while your other character is moving around, and then you eventually get it. So, uh, I'm, I'm interested to try it for myself to see how really difficult that is to divide your brain into two and control each. Now, the side question is, do you think it'd be easier to just give up a controller and have one person control your chimera and you control the other person?
1: I'm sure it would be easier to do it in co-op mode. And they're definitely there. They have a co-op mode built in. So you definitely can do that. Um, I think it's going to be one of those game mechanics, though, where it's kind of difficult to get used to at first. But then the more you play it, you'll just kind of become second nature with it. And I think eventually I'll pick it up and it won't be that difficult. I think my main problem is that I'm jumping between that and something more traditional in control scheme, like borderlands. So I think just trying to separate like, Oh, like this stick does this while the stick does this and everything controlling one character. I think I just have to like mentally break when i switch games.
0: Well, there you have it. Astral chain so far gets the online warrior stamp of approval. Um, I want to update you on three things, but they're all really quick. Uh, One, and this is my, this is my tactic-esque update. Uh, I actually, I got around to shopping for some Christmas decorations a little early this year, and I got some new lights for outside that I'm very excited about. I actually put one of the strings up and it looks phenomenal. Once both strings are up, I'll probably put a photo on the old, uh, instagram or the twitter or something uh so be on the lookout for that um i saw parasite this weekend which uh is actually a korean movie that's doing very well it has really good reviews like a 99 percent on rotten tomatoes um very interesting movie it starts as a comedy it's billed as a comedy it's very funny for the first half and then in the second half it turns into a completely different movie that's very dark and deals with a lot of complicated uh social themes it's also a great suspense thriller in that, uh, por- portion of the movie. So I'd strongly recommend it, even if you aren't really a foreign film person, cause I'm really not, um, if you're okay with reading subtitles, it's definitely a good experience. I would strongly recommend it.
2: Is it in theaters uh, or did, did you have to rent it on a service?
0: It's in theaters right now. Um, I, I, believe the, uh, North America release was either this past weekend or maybe the weekend before, but it should still be up, uh, I mean, it's not a super wide release, but in a few places, I'm sure it's it's still up. So if you can catch it, it's worth watching. Uh, the final thing is last week I mentioned I was playing Red Dead Redemption 2. It has officially been tabled. I know this game is supposed to be amazing. I just, I couldn't do it. Nerd Bomber, you were totally right about that. Um,
1: so does this mean you're going to finally give the Walking Dead Telltale series a chance?
0: Well, so what it means is... Uh, I have re I've dusted off the old VR machine and I'm playing uh, a game that I actually got when I first got the VR, which is doom VFR, which stands for virtual effing reality. Um, guys, it's pretty intense. It's extremely hard. Uh, I played doom 2016. I got pretty far in that game. I didn't finish it, but I, I generally felt like I was pretty, pretty in control. Of what was going on? Had a pretty good grip on things. Virtual reality I mean not not only is it intense, but the control schemes the control scheme leaves a little bit little bit to be desired. Um and it's just very, very difficult. Like pretty much the first big battle I was dying many, many times, even on just the regular difficulty. And I can you use
1: the aim? Or do you have to use the regular move controllers?
0: You can use, you, so you, you can't use move controllers. You can use either a regular PS4 controller or the aim controller. I opted for the aim controller because I had a really good experience with the aim controller when I was playing Farpoint, which by the way is amazing. Um, you
1: know, I always looked at that, but I never bought it.
0: Farpoint is super good. Uh, you can borrow it. You can borrow it from me if you want. It is like a super, super good. Well, you need the aim controller though. So we we'll have that. We
1: do have, we have, um oh man, Farpoint. No, that's what we were just talking about. Fireteam. team. The one where it's the military game. I didn't play it that often, but we have it.
0: I heard that one was good. Was it really good?
1: It was good. My problem was that then I promptly got an ear infection and I couldn't do VR because then I got dizzy.
0: Right. Um, Yeah. Well, yeah. In that case, uh, I'm totally going to let you borrow Farpoint because it was super, super good. Um, Doom and and a lot of the reviews have reflected this. It's, It's just the control scheme leave something to be desired and it's very very difficult but it is super super fun and it's not just a port it's like very well done there's a there's a relatively new story but they also know enough to know that like people who are playing doom vfr do not care about the story so they kind of gloss over it as lightly as they can um so yeah the jury's kind of out on whether I'd recommend it or not right now but something to keep an eye on I guess um something i haven't kept an eye on is family, fantasy movie league uh Guys, it's the first time ever. Two weeks in a row, I did not set my lineup, um, so uh, I was in twelfth this week, and it's just it's getting worse and worse. Uh, congrats to Hipster Pop Geek; they are our number one this week at fifty-seven million. Uh, played a lot of JoJo Rabbit, which was apparently a good move. Uh, Devin Reed, uh, another uh, but always a big player, coming in just a hair underneath at fifty-six spitfire in third at 52 justin ar radio one of our newer players at 49 i see he played parasite a few times mecca yoda at number five with 48 tactic with 46 at number six and then followed very closely by nerd bomber at 45 haggard tech at 42 and a half florida hawk at 40 and a half and secret asian man at 37 actually closer to 38 million so um Looking briefly at the overall for this season, I'm not going to read the whole thing out, but Hipster Pop Geek holds a commanding lead uh, with 240 million to Devin Reed's 184 million. Uh, Mecha Yoda rounding out the top three with just a hair under 180. So um, if you do want to join us and and play, it's a lot of fun. Um, You can head on over to Fantasy Movie League dot com and uh our league name is online warriors podcast and it's a private league but the password to get in is podcast all lowercase we'd love to have you join us um nerd bomber you have a game for us this week
1: i do i'm actually very excited about this game so the topic as voted upon on our patreon is crazy indie game titles So I have a slew of wacky indie games, and I want you guys to tell me if you think they are either real or fake.
2: I'm excited for this.
0: Um, I'm so ready. Let's do it.
1: Okay. So the first one, the name is Clam Man.
0: Oh, that's real. real.
1: All right. So I don't know. Did you guys play this one? Have you heard of it before?
0: (laughs) No, just Instinct.
1: Okay, so it is real. It's a game about a man, a man who is also a clam. It's a point-and-click adventure game focused on jokes and story rather than puzzles made by Team Clam, and you can find that on Steam. All right. So
0: so Before we move on, my plan here, I have my eyes closed over here. I want that known. And I'm going to be saying whatever first pops into my head immediately. There's going to be no thought process here. So let's just keep going.
1: All right. So the next one is Pig Snoot.
2: That's fake. Pig Snoot's fake.
1: Okay, you both got that right it is fake i made that up i like suits.
0: <laughs> don't we all
1: all right so the next one is cultist simulator real tactic
2: i am going to say real as well
1: okay so you guys are right it is a card-based game by the weather factory where you play as a citizen whose actions may result in a cult following okay It's like real life pretty much yeah so this next one is extreme ironing
0: real? That's real.
1: Tactic,
2: hmm, that's real.
1: Okay, so I stumped you guys. This is not a Damn. real game, but apparently, it's a weird, extreme sport that people play. Who knew? if you actually google it there's like crazy videos of people like ironing underwater which makes zero sense but that's a thing they do it in like crazy spots i don't know how this became a thing but it is a thing so i want to play it we should not real. we should just get together sometime and make crazy videos of extreme ironing
0: if you're All a game right. dev reach out to us
1: okay so the next one bodybuilders in tutus
0: that's fake. this is real
1: Okay, so Tectic finally gets a lead. Uh, This is a fake one. It's actually a book, though. It's a book of essays, which gives marketing advice, written by Philip Lomboy.
0: I don't want to read that book.
1: Tectic pulls ahead in this one. Let's move on to the next one. Giraffe Town.
0: That's real. That's real.
1: Okay, you guys both got that right. It is a game about a giraffe born with slippery feet who sets out to find love. It's made by Snow Cone Solid Productions, and you can find it on Steam.
0: Does he find love? Or she, I guess.
1: I don't know. I didn't really look at it that closely, but you definitely do play a giraffe, and you walk around and stuff.
2: They find love, but they lose their slippers.
0: (laughs) Half the game is just like trying to get through doors.
1: (laughs) I I imagine it's like, oh, what was that game we were playing, Tactic, where the physics is like you're a Gumby, basically, you just flop around, human fall flat. That'd actually be really fun as a giraffe. Okay. So let's move on to the next one. It's called How to Raise Your IQ by Eating Gifted Children.
0: Fake. Fake.
1: Okay. You guys are good at this. This is fake, but it is actually a real book. It's a book of satire by Lewis Frumpkes. Okay. The next one is Dinner Date.
2: Fake. That's real.
1: Okay, Tactic is pulling ahead with an even bigger. Dang, yeah. This is a real game. It's a 25-minute first-person story where you wait for your dinner date to arrive at a restaurant, made by Stout Games on Steam.
2: Oh, I thought it was one of those figure out how to take them home type games.
1: It is not. You just literally apparently the game is you sitting at the table and you like you can eat and drink and do stuff, but you're basically just waiting for your date to arrive. It's a very what like those... introspective experience, I guess
0: one of those figure out how to take them home games <laughs> that's that's actually a genre tab like on steam it's like figure out how to take them home
1: i mean there are uh, a fair amount of those type of games out there so
0: oh i've played them they're out there really uh, how many questions i played like one just once because i was like what the heck and yeah it's about what you would expect um how many questions are left do i have a chance to, to even the gap here
1: i have two more so you would so have, have to, to get have both to of it. these and tactic you'd okay, have to but- get both of them wrong
0: I'm ready. Let's do it.
1: So the next one, and I'm already giggling, and this has no indication on whether it's real or fake. You guys just know how I feel about poop. It's called There's Poop in My Soup.
0: That's real. That's real.
1: Dang, okay. it. Dang it. It is a real game, and I just I have to read you guys this description because it, it just made me laugh. So the de- game description on Steam reads, have you ever wanted to poop on people but were too shy to just go for it? there's poop in my soup. Yeah. let's you just do that poop in soups poop on people poop on poodles poop anywhere you please from the streets of new york to paris to beijing poop on everybody i kind of want to buy you the game it? not not yet but i really thought about it i'm one of those weirdos i think poop is funny
0: i know what you guys are going to do after this poop on soup
2: i'm picturing um, her rapidly pressing the controller button And I'll be like, "What are you doing?" She was like, "I'm pooping."
1: (laughs) Well, so when I was making this quiz, fun fact: so Tectic was in a different room of the house, and I was just sitting on the couch and I was laughing to myself. And he was like, "What? Are you just laughing? Like, what is so funny?" And it was because I was reading about there's poop in my soup. So,
0: is there? I mean, there there better be some guy in this game who's like,
1: "There's poop in my soup,"
0: you know? Otherwise, it's a wasted opportunity. I feel.
1: I hope so. My spoon
0: is too big. (laughs) Exactly. If you've played this game and you can confirm or deny that, tweet at us or something. I haven't set our handles yet. I'll do that at the end.
1: All right. So we have one more left. Illegal, you cannot win this.
0: That's right. I've heard that before.
1: We'll see. This final one is called Sparkly Unicorn Jousting.
0: That's fake. That one's real. I've played that one.
1: Well, you can't have played that one because I made that up and google it and it, it, sure in my it was dreams. not a game.
0: Dang it. What's the one with the unicorns?
1: There is a lot of games with unicorns. There's Peggle no, no, no. as on. a unicorn. Uh, There's also a uh, Robot Unicorn Attack. That's a fun that's game. That's the
0: one I'm thinking of. Robot Unicorn Attack. I so I just heard unicorn and it was I immediately was like I know that game. Man, there are a lot of unicorn games. Unicorn Chef, Unicorn Food, Clan of I think of I only
2: got one wrong. You
0: did very well.
1: That was actually very impressive because I tried, like, I thought by Googling crazy wacky book names or crazy extreme sports or something like that, I thought I'd be able to like throw you off the scent.
2: Fun fact, I exclusively Google crazy wacky book names.
0: Well. Oh, so you had an advantage.
1: So I feel good though. I at least stumped illegal with some of these, but that was fun. I, I had a really good time looking up crazy games that I did not know existed and may now play.
0: And we had a great time talking to all of you. I mean, I guess we weren't talking to you; we were just kind of talking into thin air. But hopefully, you listen. Um, we do have Twitters. Uh, our our main account, our main uh, podcast account, is at Online Warriors One, uh, and I am at OW Legal Eighty Six, and we have at OW Nerd Bomber and at OW Tactic. Um, so you can go hit us up on the social meds. We'd love to hear from you um and if you liked what you listen to uh you can head on over to apple podcasts and leave us a good review we'd love to see that um and we just we appreciate uh all the support we've gotten and uh we hope to to see you again next week
1: adios Bye.